A very good afternoon to you and a very warm welcome on a very sad occasion as we gather to uh, remember and celebrate uh, Jenny. Uh, my name is Peter, Reverend Peter Hubbard. I'm the vicar here at Christchurch. And as I say, a very warm welcome to you all. Uh, as we commit uh, Jenny into God's safekeeping, uh, we want to assure you, our family especially, of our love, our prayers and our concern for you all at this very sad time as you've had to say goodbye uh, to Jenny. Our prayers and our love are with you in the name of our risen Lord Jesus. Uh, may I say also a very warm welcome to those who have joined us online. Uh, we may not all be physically together in this building, but we are one in Jesus Christ. And I do hope those who are with us online will be able to feel as uh, part of this service as possible. Uh, please can I ask that if you have a mobile phone that you check it is either on mute or turned off uh, during the service. Thank you very much indeed. Hopefully you have an order of service uh, which are there on the seats um, and uh, the words and the prayers are in that and they'll also be displayed on the screen there behind me. And so we turn to prayer and I'll pray an opening prayer. God of all consolation, your son, Jesus Christ, was moved to tears at the grave of Lazarus, his friend. Look with compassion on your children in their loss. Give to troubled hearts the light of hope and strengthen in us the gift of faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Do have a seat. And even on a day like today, we need to say sorry to God for failing to live his way and for the way perhaps we have treated other people. And so we'll keep a moment of quiet at the start of our service to reflect on our lives before God. So let's just keep quiet for a moment. The letter to the Hebrews in the Bible says this. We run the race set before us, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Therefore, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, bringing them to Jesus in penitence and faith. And so we're going to pray a prayer, a confession together, which will be on the screen there behind me. And so we pray together. God of mercy. We acknowledge that we are all sinners. We turn from the wrong that we have thought and said and done and are mindful of all that we have failed to do. For the sake of Jesus, who died for us, forgive us for all that is past and help us to live each day in the light of Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. John is going to lead us in, in song in our first hymn now. So would you please stand as we sing this wonderful hymn, chosen by Jenny before the throne of God above.
be seated. I'm now going to invite Gareth, Manny, Chris and Peter to come and give reflections on their mother. Mum, a vicar's wife, a mother, a friend, and above all, a faithful follower of Jesus until the very end. Growing up, I recall many hours of spending confiding in mum about all kinds of things from trouble at school, hobbies, even girls. 
She listened intently. As she battled with a very old twin tub washing machine. I'm sure she got scolded sometimes on that thing. She was to me a confidant, a friend, a spiritual guide. In Liverpool, we had a large garden with big trees, which I used to climb while she watched on with bated breath. She told me later that she um, almost wanted to stop me. But she knew it was right for me to play and if I fell, well, I'd fall. By God's grace, I didn't. While I was learning to drive, she let me use her car, with no thought to what might happen to it. Even more so, when I passed my test, she let me drive it alone. After all, I was her son. Years later, when I married my son, she and dad visited us in Hong Kong to join our marriage celebration. She just loved it. She embraced Hong Kong and all its craziness, and even the heat. And she told me later even that she was amazed how I managed to navigate the busy, seat, uh, busy streets and the public transport. That was mum. She saw good in, in everything, in everyone. The last few months, however, had been very hard. With dad being ill, and yet again lovingly gave herself to look after him. She was to me and others, and to all of us, self-sacrificing, showing such great love and joy. Through all her struggles, she always leaned on Jesus with joy in her heart. And these words by Fernando Ortigo, Ortiga, which I would like to finish with, describes her faith and summarizes her life. In the morning when I rise, in the, in the morning when I rise, Give me, Jesus. Give me, Jesus. You can have all of this world, but give me, Jesus. And when I am alone, oh, when I am alone, give me, Jesus. Give me, Jesus. You can have all of this world, but give me, Jesus. Thank you. Miss, Nurse, Margaret, Jenny, Mum, Grandma, Great Grandma. Whatever we called her, we each have our own memories and feelings. It's difficult for me to rationalise my thoughts at this time, but here goes. She was a horrible, spiteful and obnoxious child. This is by her own acknowledgement. As the third child growing up, 
she often felt ignored, forgotten, frequently blamed, and generally unloved. Whatever the reality, these were her feelings. So when she grew up, she was determined that no one would feel like that if she could do anything about it. She mostly succeeded, more often at the expense of her own feelings and well-being. You could see this in how she dealt with people, trying to give everyone the individual attention and love that they craved, equally without prejudice or showing favoritism most of the time. Often she went to extremes and would look for the best in a person or situation, ignoring the circumstances or background. Whether that was praising the actions of a small child who called an ambulance and administered a cold flannel after she fell and was lying on the floor with a broken leg, happily ignoring the fact that the reason she fell was because she tripped on a toy this same child had refused to tidy away despite several requests. That was irrelevant. Or, after informing her I had managed to scratch a teacher's car, we won't go into how, she got to know the teacher a lot better, which was apparently a good thing. It may be selective memory, but I can't remember her getting angry. Frequently upset or disappointed, but never angry. Each of us knew when we had disappointed her, some of us more than others, but she would take a quiet moment, process it, and then be back to her normal, forgiving self. Miss, Nurse, Margaret, Jenny, Mum, Grandma, Great-Grandma. I am proud I could call her Mum, and I will miss her. From one horrible, obnoxious child to another, thank you. the words to say everything that needs to be said. I'm not sure I have the strength, but I'm going to do my best. Mum would have been humbled, shocked, and probably slightly embarrassed by the outpouring of love and the many compliments that have been paid to her since her death. There was no other side to Mum. She was completely genuine, and the person described in the cards and letters was the person that I knew, the person that we knew. Wonderful, kind, generous, youthful, full of life, loving, devoted, selfless. She genuinely never had a bad word for anyone and only saw the best in others, even when they didn't deserve it. She taught me that it was important to judge people on their intentions, not on their actions something I find harder than she ever did. She was a list maker extraordinaire, known to have made lists of the lists that she needed to make. She left lists for us to plan for today and to work out the way ahead. It will come as no surprise that she was a wonderful grandma, loving her five grandchildren and one great grandson deeply. 
When my children were old enough, she would have all three of them to stay for a whole week. And on one visit, they tricked her into giving them pudding after every meal, by, simply by pretending that that was what they had at home. But I do wonder if deep down she actually knew what they were up to. Each year, she didn't want Boxing Day to be a letdown after the excitement and the festivities of Christmas Day. So she would buy small tree presents for everyone to open after lunch. She was an excellent cook. She could rustle up a delicious meal out of virtually nothing, and sometimes she had to. Growing up in a busy vicarage, we regularly had people stopping for a meal, often unexpectedly, and mum would always find a way of making our meal go further without even raising an eyebrow. I'm proud of the fact that she didn't fit into the mould of the traditional clergy wife. When we lived in Carlisle in the early 1970s, I can remember her making herself a pretty spectacular purple tweed mini skirt and poncho combination. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't find any photographs, but I'm still looking. When we lived in Bootle, on one occasion we had an incredible rainstorm and she headed into the back garden and washed her hair in the rain. Heaven knows what our neighbours thought, but she really didn't care. I was blessed to share Mum's last afternoon at home. Neither of us knew the significance of the day. It was simply an ordinary day. We spent it together. We, we talked with excitement about things happening in the family in the future. I sorted out apps on her phone for her, fixed a few things. We drank tea. We chatted. Looking back, I wish there were things I that there were things I wished I'd said that day, things that I wished I'd asked her. But it's the ordinariness of that afternoon that actually makes it so special. Anyone who didn't know Mum would have looked at her from a distance and thought she was ordinary. How wrong they would have been. And it's the, the unordinary, ordinary side of mum that I, I want to mention because when we, when we were kids, she was like a, just, just a mother. So just, we, didn't, we didn't really think of her much more than that. But once we'd left home, she, she took to her wings. She came, came to see Gareth in Hong Kong, as he said. She came to see me in Holland and in Munich and eventually in, in Bermuda. And she, she and Dad came on holiday to Bermuda. Dad was riding a moped. She was on the back of it. And they were going around these little windy roads, ha having a really good time. And she saw a, a parasailing site. And she decided she was going to go on a tandem parasail. And she did. She was, she was the age then that I am now, I think. And I was too scared then. <laughs> she, she, she also, in, 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 when, when she was... When she was young, and also when, when, when we were young, she didn't have much money, so she was brought up to, if somebody gave you some food or some drink, you finished it. And we went to a, a bar in Bermuda on a, on a Friday evening, which is like par party night in the bars, and I bought a, a dark and stormy, which is, uh, I think, rum and ginger, and quite, quite strong. And she, she, she liked it, she, she'd go drinking it slowly, and then somebody else went to the bar, and they bought her one too. 
And a third person bought her one too. But because she was brought up to be polite, she drank them all. <laughs> uh, and then we went off for an Indian where we'd been earlier in the week, and the waiter recognised us, ah, dark and stormy, and brought her a fourth one. <laughs> I'm glad to say she didn't fall off the moped on the way home. And she, she, she also has uh, other alcoholic experiences. She, when I lived in Munich, she came to a beer festival. And uh, we, we, a beer festival, of course, you can't buy small drinks, you buy, you buy litres. And so Dad and I were drinking a litre of beer, and she had a litre of shandy. And uh, sadly, I didn't take a photo. <laughs> and also, while we were there, we took, took, I took, took them both up the, up the mountain to, uh, to try skiing. And they had an hour on skis, and neither of them were particularly good, but they both, they, they just wanted to try it, just wanted to try something different. And since, since we all left home and they had more time, and they, they've, they've, they've travelled basically wherever they could. And of course they ended up going to Ibiza for, I don't know, maybe, maybe 10 years or so. And they would have kept going until they, longer than they did, except they reached 80 and the company that they were uh, effectively missionaries for couldn't get insurance once they were 80, so they had to stop. But they, they rather than treating Ibiza as a holiday with a couple of church services thrown in, they, they took it, treated it as being back to work as vicar and wife and having a day off. And that, 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 I, my mum never really got the hang of, of days off, she, she, or, of weeks off. She, she, she liked to be involved. She liked, she, her whole life revolved around Jesus, and she wanted to to uh, to praise him with her work, as uh, wherever she was. And which brings me to sort of, um, something that, that uh, Gareth has touched upon. In the, in, the, in this last year. Mum has uh, has been has been fading. She she was looking more frail each time, but she's very um, very independent and very very stubborn. So Joy and I came to visit in in June, and Mum insisted that we couldn't stay in the hotel. We had to stay in the house. And then she insisted that she wanted to sleep on the couch, not us. And uh, she, I mean, she she this is what she planned. So this is what she was going to do. And she, she, she kept, she's keeping a diary, entry, diary by then. And the entry for this visit says, very enjoyable, but physically demanding. And then the, the diary for the last few weeks is, um, it rem reminds me of the book of Job. Because it's, it's mixed with um, her screaming at the pain in her body and praising Jesus, Jesus with, with, the, uh, with the following sentence. And uh, it's, it, I, th I think it's incredible that her faith was so strong right up until the end. And I, would, I, I just want to say thank you, Mum. so so much thank you now mark is going to come and share some memories reflections on jenny and these are uh, brought together from uh, various people in in the church here yeah, so 
Thank you, Mark. I feel very privileged indeed to be standing here to pay tribute to Jenny on behalf of Christ Church. My home group was very fortunate to have Jenny and David as members until it became too difficult for them to meet with us in the evening. Jenny was always so positive in her approach to life, born out of her incredible faith and relationship she had with the Lord. It was never about Jenny, but always about everyone else. She was a real encourager and a prayer warrior, and she loved to be in the presence of the Lord with other Christians. And I was struck recently when reading the Bible to David how how annotated her Bible was. There was not a page without an observation or comment, testimony to how seriously she took the word of God. Jenny was also an incredible host, opening her home up to the home group. She always had some Jaffa cakes for me. I had to be careful not to eat anything with too much fat in it. And we we had many lovely barbecues as well, with David as chief chef sitting on the veranda at the back of the house. And I know also from my conversations that she and David opened up their house to members of the congregation, and specifically the young people, always with the hope that those who did not already believe would come to know the Lord. Janet Maiden was a very close friend of Jenny's and described her as joyful, content, peaceful, stable, stoic, and a very loyal friend. She also noted that she never heard Jenny express any concern for herself before that last week of her illness. Jenny had a very positive personality, always making the best of things. She was a wonderful preacher, only just visible above the lectern, but with a great big smile as she delivered God's word. Her joy in delivering the talk was palpable to us. Her sermons were always relevant, and applicable to life situations in today's world. And she always used her own life experience to make a point. Jenny certainly walked the talk, as they say. Jenny lived out her strong faith daily, always keen to listen to others, to know what their needs were, so that she could add it to her list of things to pray for. During their earlier days in Basin Hill, Jenny regularly went to Ibiza to support David with his retirement chaplaincy ministry. And John and Libby Wayne joined them on one occasion for a week and remember that Jenny's love for Jesus was infectious and her love and support for David sacrificial. Jenny's dedication to David never wavered, none more so than in recent years. She was determined that she should not go into a home while she was able to look after him. And our prayer is that they will be, reuni- will be reuni- reunited before long. Her soulmate during this time has been her lovely Pippa. No need for a doorbell. Pippa would be barking at the front door before you knew it. Pippa's affection for Jenny was so real as well. Jenny lived out her Christian faith with such integrity in a quiet way, despite things not always being easy. Jenny was a true saint. And I would like to think that heaven would have been celebrating with songs of praise and joy when she arrived. Jenny, you are very much missed by all who knew you at Christchurch. But we take great comfort in knowing 
that you are with the Lord Jesus, who is the centre of your life and with David. May you rest in peace, you incredible lady. Thank you, Mark, and all those who contributed to that wonderful tribute. Thank you. And I'm going to invite Beth to bring us our reading. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He, make, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I f- will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Scripture tells us many things about the death of a Christian. And uh, Scripture never glosses over the fact that death is a painful reality for us. Uh, Nor does Scripture pretend to tell us to pretend to be happy about the death of a loved one. We are expected to cry, to have times of great sadness, to mourn, and to be at a loss when a loved one dies. We don't deny it. We can't deny it. We hurt when a loved one dies. Yet though we mourn for our dear sister Jenny, we have in Jesus Christ a great hope. The Bible reading we just heard, um, that Beth just read, uh, is Psalm 23. And Psalm 23 is full of hope in the face of great peril and great distress as we hear these words of comfort. David writes, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. They're words of hope, aren't they? Words of great hope. Even in the darkest places, even in the valley of the shadow of death, we need not fear because God is with us. And he will never forsake us, he will never fail us, he will never leave us. Not only that, but the psalm goes on to say, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. David, who wrote the psalm, is is saying, describing that God's love never ends. God's love for us is so much that our cup runneth over. Our cup is so full it runs over with his love. We tend to think of death as the end. We tend to think of death as a culmination of all that we know. Perhaps like an abyss or a void or a darkness that never ends, the end of all hope. But we're mistaken. And to our detriment, if we, if we believe that, because that's a lie. 
Scripture tells us about the reality of death, but the reality of death is a far cry from the fiction we believe about death. Psalm 116 verse 15 says this, Precious in the sight of God is the death of his saints. Jenny was certainly one of his saints. In her last hours, her last minutes, her last moments, our Lord Jesus was with our sister Jenny in powerful presence. Jenny was a woman who gave her heart to the Lord many, many years ago. Not saved by good works, I'm sure she did many, many good works, but she wasn't saved by good works. She was saved by the the grace and the mercy of Jesus, by his blood shed for her. Jenny is precious to the Lord, and her death is precious to him also. You see, we're spiritual beings. Yes, we are flesh and blood, but we're spiritual beings. And as spiritual beings, there is so much more to us, and we are created for so much more. And we are created to look forward to the eternal, to look forward to the things that we can't see. But even though we can't see them, they are very, very real. And I'm sure Jenny would have known her share of pain and heartache in her life. But as many of us who had the privilege of knowing Jenny would say that she had a joy in her life that was beyond circumstances. It went beyond circumstances. That joy went beyond what she was going through. Every difficulty that should have made her lose hope, every difficulty that should have peeled away that joy, instead made her more steadfast in her hope. And I'm sure many of you who knew her for many a year would testify to that. She lived out her faith. How could that be? Well, Jenny's hope, our hope, the Christian hope, it's not a literary literary tradition. It's not romantic poetry that we recite to reassure ourselves. No, it's more than that, much more. It is bound to each Christian. The hope of Jesus is bound to the Christian by the Holy Spirit who comes upon us when we give our life to Jesus. The moment Jenny said yes to Jesus was the moment this hope was bound to her forever. And once you have that hope, nothing can take it away. Pain, heartache, suffering, not even death can take that hope away. So what is that hope? That word hope has different meanings, doesn't it? It's not a sort of, well, it's sort of, I hope I will accomplish something. It's not that sort of hope. It's not a hope where you guess something might happen. You know, I hope the sun shines tomorrow. It's not a hope about your intellect or your uh, ability. I hope I've got it enough together to make it happen. It's not that sort of hope. The hope we're talking about is that we who are Christians, we who have said yes to Jesus, will without any doubt, without any hesitation, without even a second thought, we who have said yes to Jesus will be in the presence of Jesus the very moment our life on this earth ends. We will 
you and I see Jenny again. We will laugh. We will cry in delight. We will sing with great joy. Because this hope that has been given is secure by the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let me read that psalm again. And may these words fill you with great hope. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I'm going to lead us in some prayers, in some intercessions now. So shall we pray. God of mercy, Lord of life, you have made us in your image to reflect your truth and light. We give you thanks for Jenny, for the grace and mercy she received from you, for all that was good in her life, for all the memories that we treasure of her today. Lord Jesus, we rejoice at your gracious promise to all your servants, living and departed, that we shall rise again at the coming of Christ. And we ask that in due time we may share with our sister Jenny that clearer vision and we shall see you, Lord Jesus, face to face. Until that time, we ask you, Lord, that you will comfort us in our loss and embrace us with your love, that you will give each of Jenny's family and friends hope in their times of confusion and grace and strength to meet these coming days. And so today we especially pray for her family, we especially lift to you her dear husband, David, as he is there in Rabbit Nursing Home. We pray that David will know your love and a real sense of you, Holy Spirit, ministering to him and comforting him. And we pray for their children, Gareth, Mandy, Peter and Chris, and all their families who are gathered here today and for those who are with us online. May your love and peace surround them all at this sad time of loss. And be with us too, Lord, as a church family, as we mourn the loss of Jenny. A dear friend to so many, and an inspiration to many too, as a lady of great faith, hope and love. And so, God, our Father, we thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and to rise again. His cross declares your, lo your love without limit. His resurrection and death, our last enemy, is doomed. By his victory, we are assured of the promise that you will never leave us or forsake us. That neither death, nor life, nor things present, nor things to come, 
and separate us from your love in Jesus Christ our Lord. So may we who are left to grieve be of a mind of your love for us and your desire that each of us may know that love for ourselves. All this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so we're going to join in together now and say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We're going to sing two worship songs now. Again, Jenny chose these songs for our service, which John will lead us in now. So would you please stand as we sing these together? I can very briefly add my own tribute to what's been said already. I, I consider it an honour to have had Jenny as a close friend and a great support. It was always her delight to worship God. Scripture says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it occurred to the, to the mind of human beings what God has prepared for those who love him. Jenny, of course, knows that now. But the rest of us can only... Yes. Who can know the mind of our Creator? Who can speak of wonders yet unseen? Who can reach the height of understanding and play the notes of wisdom's melody. Who can spring the dust of every mountain? Who has walked the mysteries of the deep? Who has laid the earth on its foundation, and who conducts the weight upon the sea, I stand in awe of you, I stand in awe of you, so glorious and true, I stand In the light of mercy, 
Please be seated. 
We're now going to have a time of quiet remembrance with some photos of Jenny on the screen. Um, they go through fairly quickly, so um, we'll, we'll have it and John will play some music, but possibly uh, we might be able to arrange for it to be on the screen as uh, after the service, so that if you want to linger, you can look at the photos again um, after we've gone to the crematorium. Thank you. Beautiful photos. And so shall we stand to sing our final hymn, In Christ Alone My Hope Is Found. Do stand. Here in the death of Christ I live. 
Let us commend Jenny to the mercy of God, our Maker and our Redeemer. God, our Creator and Redeemer, by your power, Christ conquered death and entered into glory. Confident of his victory and claiming his promises, we entrust Jenny to your mercy. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, who died and is alive and reigns with you now and forever. Amen. And we'll say this final prayer together as on the screen. God, be in my head and in my understanding. God, be in my eyes and in my looking. God, be in my mouth and in my speaking. God, be in my heart and in my thinking. God, be at my end and at my departing. The service for close family will continue at M Street Crematorium following this service. Any donations that you would like to give will go to the Missionary Aviation Fellowship. Please note refreshments will be served in the foyer for those who aren't going to the creme. And then the wake will follow in the church hall uh, a little bit later on this afternoon, at which all are very welcome to stay. And so may I pray this final blessing over you all. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence, without faults and with great joy, to the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority, through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.